0: I'm Daria Rose, and this is the Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hey everyone, this is Daria Rose, and welcome to the Foodist Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Bonnie, whose success story and transformation is so incredible that I think if you listen carefully, you can actually hear my brain explode (laughs) at some point during this episode. Bonnie's story is different from a lot of our guests before in that she did not start out as a chronic dieter. She actually grew up in a household that loved food, celebrated food, but leaned toward less healthy foods, junk foods, sodas, cookies, chips, things like that, which is not obviously very healthy and ultimately left her more heavy than she wanted and not feeling healthy like she wanted. But she didn't want to diet. She she had gone on Weight Watchers a few times over the years, but never could really get it to stick. And finally, she decided to take a different approach. And she embraced real food. And, but the crazy thing is, like, that's not even the biggest change. I mean, it was a huge change for her. She, she re-sculpts her palate. She makes all these amazing changes. She starts working out regularly, which is something she never, ever thought she would do. And... Even On top of that, about halfway through, and by the way, this is only a year-long journey um, so far. She's, she's just started last year. Um, but toward, toward the end of last year, she discovered mindful eating. And the change that happens to her when she starts listening to her body and asking it what, she, what it wants, asking what it wants to eat, how much it wants to eat, The change that happened is just so remarkable. She had been plateauing for five months and then goes on to lose another 18 pounds in just a few months effortlessly. Uh, She said, you know, she says, a, a quote she kept saying is, it's the opposite of hard. It's the opposite of restrictive. She thinks it's so easy and she loves it. And I'm so excited for you to hear her story because if you've never been a dieter, if you've never thought you liked vegetables, if you never thought you could like going to the gym, if you always thought that you had to clean your plate, Bonnie's story can show you that that is not necessarily true. That you do have the power that already exists within you to find a way to become a healthy person. And not because you have to, not because you should, not because you're conforming to some mold of what it means to be healthy, but because it's actually what your body wants. It's actually what you want for yourself. It's pretty powerful. And there are so many little gems and nuggets in here. that I, I really hope you enjoy it. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for joining us today. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am excellent. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. Of course. So why don't you start by giving us an introduction to your health style journey? I know that you started out on this journey before you discovered Summer Tomato, and then you had... um, a sort of a multi-stage levels of progress and I love stories like that because it shows like the real life real world Mm -hmm. you know it's not um you know I have so many quote unquote success stories are just this like linear path from like rags to riches or whatever like yeah like like, oh, I just did this one thing and it was magical. But that's not how most of us find success. Usually it's like one you find one thing and you lose a 10 pounds or experience yeah. some benefit and then you get stuck and then you keep going. So what I really liked about uh, when, you, when you emailed me was, was how persistent you've been and how you've been able to go through this journey. So why don't you tell us how you got started and we'll go from there.
1: Okay, um, so my story differs from a lot of people's, especially women in that I was never a chronic dieter. Um, I didn't spend my early years, you know, uh, definitely not my teenage years. Um, you know, I never thought I was fat. My Mom is, does not have a weight problem and has never been a dieter. And so I didn't grow up with that either. I'm so um, jealous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I, I, it's so common, but luckily I don't, I didn't have that baggage, um, and I never had a weight problem until I was in my mid twenties. Um, because despite the fact that, you know, my mom doesn't have weight issues, my parents are fun people and their priority is fun. And so you can imagine that growing up, our diet was Coke and chips and fun foods, you know, and all the kids like to come to our house to eat the fun food that their parents wouldn't let them eat and stuff like that. And Got it. so that's, I mean, my parents are great good parents. But um, the eating thing, they didn't really teach me. So and luckily it didn't really become a problem for me until I was in my mid twenties when that started to catch up to me. You know, it's
0: really interesting. I feel like uh, back in the day, like back in the olden days before we were bombarded with processed food, that sort of happy, like used food as celebration and fun and love wasn't unhealthy. You know, it only it's something that only came to be with the with the introduction of sort of mass amounts of ultra-processed food. So, you know, you sort of – you had the good luck in that you you didn't have the dieting mentality that a lot of us uh, grew up with, but on the other hand, you sort of got unlucky in that you had this the right attitude in the wrong food environment.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But I was always the girl – you know, the teenage girls, my friends would be like, oh, I'm on a diet, or oh, I'm so fat, they wanted to engage in the fat talk. And I was like, you're crazy, you're crazy, <laughs> you know. Um, so I never went on a diet, um, until I was in my twenties and it was because I, I was actually starting to put on weight cause my, my diet, my, my food was so bad. Like the way that I ate was so bad. Um, in fact, so that was 20 years ago, just so you know, as far as context goes, um, I didn't know hot dogs were bad for you until I joined Weight Watchers. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so Weight Watchers does have value.
1: <laughs> right. And, um, I lost weight many times. I was more like an acute dieter because I would reach a certain weight and I just couldn't take it anymore. And then I would get on, you know, I would go to Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. Um, I did Weight Watchers over and over again, several times. And I would wrestle my weight down to, you know, 30 pounds or, or so. And then I couldn't keep it off because I really hadn't changed anything right. overall. And how long
0: were the time periods between these cycles, would you say?
1: It's it's. I spent 20 years either losing weight or gaining weight, and I always knew where I was at. And most of the time, I spent gaining weight because I could only handle the losing weight for so long, and then I would, I, I would let it go. It was like having having to have super intense focus. Got it. Yeah. And then, and then, so you're when I first encountered Summer Tomato, that the the chapter, the myth of willpower, I was like yes, so much yes, you know, (laughs) because, and I, I was, I was already kind of getting away from that. I knew I was ready for that information too, but you know, I just, I'd, I'd like lose 30 pounds and then I'd put it back on in a year.
0: Right. So your normal life was, your sort of default was happy, willpower free, but sort of not with the perfect, you know, not with a energy balance that was in your favor, you would gain weight during that time. Absolutely. And then you'd be like, whoa, this is sort of getting out of control. And the only thing you knew was Weight Watchers. So you would go do the Weight Watchers and be like super focused, super, I I don't like to say good, but like really um, focused on eating fewer calories and doing Mm -hmm. whatever the Weight Watchers thing. And you'd hit your goal and then you'd just stop and then go back to your old habits and then the weight would start creeping up again.
1: Yes. And you did this for absolute, two decades. Two decades, 20 years. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was never super heavy. Like my my weight that I couldn't take it anymore at um, was about probably forty 40 pounds above where I, so I wasn't really like really, really heavy, but I definitely was, most of the time I was not at a healthy weight. Yeah. And 40 pounds is significant. It is. It, it really it's, is. It's,
0: it's interesting that our people feel the need to qualify that these days, because I feel like 30 years ago nobody would have questioned whether a 40 pound weight gain was was significant.
1: Like, yeah, but I, you know, it's, you know, you see people, and and especially when you're when you're when you're heavy or you're overweight or over the weight you want to be at, you're always like, well, that person has it worse than I do. That person has it worse than I do, or at least in my mind, that's what I was mm-hmm. doing. You know. Mm-hmm but i would wrestle my weight down and but i didn't really change anything not internally and not externally um, i've i've always been a, uh, over the last 10 years or so i've really come to appreciate real food i read the omnivore's dilemma yeah about about was it 10 years ago it was around there yeah, that book is yeah. a real eye-opener
0: for… It really is. If, if anybody Huge. ever has t- trouble like wondering why real food is good or or if you just think fast food is amazing and like you would never give it up, <laughs> read Omnivore's <laughs> Dilemma by Michael Pond. Yeah. Your eyes yeah. <laughs> will open and yeah. your perception of uh, the industrial food chain will dramatically change.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, So I was definitely a believer in real food. Um, and I wasn't living that life very effectively. I mean, we had cut out some things, but, um, I just, I wasn't a a good eater, you know? Um, I had made improvements definitely. Like I didn't drink four diet Cokes a day anymore. I drank zero diet Cokes a day, but like, that's where I came from. Like it was, it was bad. Um, my husband actually tells a story of when we met, I was 19 and we went out to dinner together, and I ordered a hot fudge Sunday for dinner and <laughs> when he <laughs> when he questioned me about it, I said, "I'm a grown- up now, and I can eat whatever I want."
0: He's like, "Are you?"
1: <laughs> and it, it's it's so funny because now I'm really at a place where I can laugh at that, like that's not a grown up decision, but that's where I was like. Yeah, so that's where I came from, and so I had made strides along the years, and my husband, fortunately, is very healthy, very health conscious, Mm -hmm. never been overweight, athletic, you know, Mm -hmm. and so he's watching me really struggle with all these things, and these things that are so obvious, like, you don't eat chips and guacamole for dinner, like, that's not what you do, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's what I was doing, so... So, and that was sort of the norm for me other than when I was trying to lose weight. And in my mind, Weight Watchers worked. I say that with quotation fingers because right. I would I would lose the weight, but I couldn't sustain it. And I knew I couldn't sustain it. And I remember, in fact, about, so my, I'd kind of gone with size as a, as a barometer for success. So I remember about 10 years ago or so. I had Weight Watchers myself down to size eight. And I went out to lunch with this woman and we were talking about weight and dieting and things like that. And I said, oh, I said, I'm wearing a size eight right now, but I'm really a size 12. Hmm. And because I knew I couldn't sustain it. Interesting. So even though I had gotten down to size eight, I knew that I was just barely hanging on to it with my fingernails. Like, oh, I can't. I can't keep doing what I'm doing to maintain size eight. I can't do it.
0: So you self-identified as a 12.
1: Yes. I knew that that was like a about a normal, normal weight for me. And so when I would get like, like this last time I had got up to, when I would hit like size 14 and, you know, pushing up into like, I'm going to have to go by 16. Like I can't do that. So now I have to do something. Right.
0: Sure.
1: But I recognize that, the one thing that really finally got me to say I got to change everything was my fear of getting diabetes. <laughs> I had a palpable fear of diabetes. My dad has diabetes and I just, I don't want that. Yeah. And so I was actually a new year's resolution person for 2015.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, I was my, re- my new year's resolution for 2015 and I committed to taking the whole year to do it. And I was going to, f- you know, I was going to figure out and my New Year's resolution was get healthy instead of lose weight or anything about appearance or size or any of that. And I didn't even set a weight goal because I don't know what my ideal weight is. I still don't. I love that. I've never, that. I've never had an ideal weight. So
0: I love that. Uh, that's really, I, I love that approach. I think that's um, that's a really good insight that you had. Like, you know, at this you're like at this point in my life, this isn't about being a size eight. This is about not going through the struggles that you see your father going through, recognizing that you don't actually know what healthy looks like because you've never been there before and and just going Mm -hmm. on an adventure that's sort of open-ended. I think that's incredibly powerful because you can't fail at that.
1: No. And I'm still on that adventure. You know, that's the cool thing is that I don't feel like I listened to the podcast with Roger last night and he said, I feel like I'm just getting started. And I was like, yeah, I feel like that too. Even, you know, I mean, it's, it essentially started December 30th, 2014. My very first thing that I did was join a gym. I didn't even start with food because I had to muster up the willpower to do the food part. But, um, I joined a gym first, so and it's still going on, and I, I look forward to that journey continuing for the rest of my life, to constantly look for things that might make a difference and might make me feel better, and you know because that's my life now. It's not a diet. It's you know I loved it when I read uh, the foodist for the first time because you said health style, and I had been looking for a word that was different than diet. Because I knew that wasn't what I was doing this time.
0: Diet is a four-letter word for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's temporary. It has a temporary connotation. And I knew that I was on a forever change, you know, that I wanted something forever. Right. So you had a
0: massive mind shift change around your relationship with your body.
1: Absolutely. With like both food and and
0: exercise.
1: Health and – It it, it's so, it's so, uh, I'll have to, so I started by joining a gym. That was the first thing I did. And because I always wanted to be one of those people that liked going to the gym, I never was. I was totally one of those people that would join a gym and then never show up. But I always admired people who, you know, just seemed to want to go, you know, and you, you talked about this with Roger too. I listened to the podcast last night about, um, those people are crazy, Right. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> I never thought they were crazy. I was just, just jealous, you okay. know. I wanted to be one of those people that put my gym clothes on and, and told people, "Oh, I'm going to the gym," and you, you know. And I it wasn't because I thought it was. I just wanted to do that too. That's, and um,
0: that's, that's funny. You know, it's funny because I was the same way. Like people would like now would never believe me, but when I was younger, I hated working out. Like, I mean, it hurt. Yeah, and I hated it, and I hated the gym, and I hated uh, people who just seemed to be like cardiovascular fit. I was like so jealous of them. But I, in my brain, I was the same way. I was like, "Gosh, like h- I wish I could be like that. Like that sounds like a way better way to be." But I just, it was a mystery how to get there.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. So but I'm there now. <laughs> and- I. Me too. Cool. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know, and it's, I'm living the life. It's funny because at one point, around October last year, I um, about six months ago, I guess, I was like, you know what? I finally feel like the person I was meant to be when it go- comes to going to the gym. Like it took me that long for it not to suck really bad when I would go to the gym every single time. <laughs> you know, because when you're in shape, not in shape, going to the gym is not pleasant. Exactly. You know, working out is hard the whole way through. Every single rep is hard. Every single minute that you spend there doing exercises hard up to a, you know, until you get to the point where your body is like, oh, no, I know what we're doing now. Right. And for me, that really didn't happen until mid-October. So I joined the gym December 30th and mid-October was where I was finally like, oh, that wasn't so hard. Now, I, I wasn't consistently going like I really didn't go during the summertime. So, um, I wouldn't say that it would take that long for everybody if they actually went consistently the whole sure. time. That would probably that could hit at any point. But yeah, so I so, so join... you got to a
0: certain fitness level, and it's funny. I feel like when you get there, then actually those those few days a week or even a few days a month where you actually do push harder, and it doesn't, it's not the same kind of pain.
1: Yeah, it's no. In it, fact, because you want to go that distance, yeah. you know. Yeah, but. Um, but I've, I struggle with perfectionism, and so part of my, my problem, my hurdle with the gym was that if I couldn't go to the gym and work out at a blistering pace, sweating bullets for two hours, then I wasn't doing enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I wasn't going five days a week, I wasn't doing enough. Now, having been through the journey that I've been on for the last almost year and a half, I recognize that I couldn't have done that at that point, you know? Because you weren't in good enough shape. I wasn't, not even close to good enough shape. And so I really had to reach a point where I said, and I, and I still feel this way today, even now. If I get dressed and I go to the gym and I try to work out, that's good enough. Yeah. That counts. Because most of the time I'll get a good workout. And some days if I'm not feeling up to it, you know, I'll, I'll start to work out and I'll be like, maybe I'm getting sick or something. Right. You know, you you feel the difference on a day-to-day basis, but you have to be in connection with your body to know that, and that's something that I absolutely was not in connection with was my body. I mm-hmm. didn't listen to my body ever, and that that is was part of my problem with food too. And where, you know, I'm the biggest change that I made with um, foodist and getting to read Summer Tomato and what eventually led to the big success story as far as Summer Tomato goes, the mindful eating was getting that connection with listening to what my body wants,
0: you know? This is an amazing point. So you, I like the way that you connected it between both working out and food because you're absolutely yeah. right. Like yeah. when you are, you know, once you're in shape and you have the habit of going to the gym, there are going to be days where – you're a little tired. Like I'm actually yeah. – I feel kind of like that today. Like I just got yeah, back from that, a trip yeah. on the West Coast and I'm kind of like jet lagged and I'm like, I thought I would have gone to the gym already today and I haven't. <laughs> um, but uh, I still plan to, by the way. Yeah. But, um But what what you – like you learn that you can just get dressed and go. And if you uh-huh. get there and you feel good, chances are you're going to have a great workout, like really good. But if you don't, you know that and you can go home. Like it's not like right. – It's not and like this like – make it or break it thing. And then for you to transfer that same sort of body knowledge and self-knowledge to food is really cool.
1: But before, even early on in, you know, when I joined the gym this time, if I would go and not be able to work out or have not be able to work out as much as I thought I should, I would beat myself up about it. Right. And that's what I had to stop doing. Like, you know what, you can come back tomorrow and you might have a great workout tomorrow because now that I've been doing it long enough and consistently enough, I know that that's the the reality.
0: Right. And there's but no I fear know. that if you miss one,
1: yeah, you're like
0: it's all going to hell <laughs> because because, right. because I feel like that's the sort of the fear when b- before you get to that place before you get to the place where you're comfortable and and you have a habit, you yeah. feel like if I give up, I'm failing. Yes. But like we talked yes. about at the beginning, like you aren't you're on a journey. You're not, you can't fail at a journey. You just do your best every single day.
1: Right. And sometimes and your I, best is not that yeah. awesome
0: and that's fine. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Because you know what, you can go back tomorrow, but if you beat yourself up for a bad workout, your chances of wanting to go to the gym the next day are bad because, yep. because you're, if you don't do a hundred percent, then you're going to beat yourself up again. And that becomes a self-perpetuating bad cycle Yeah. for, for, you know, negative reinforcement for the gym. So I even had to I had to break that habit um of beating myself up for it and that perfectionism and that that thing. And part of it was just the experience of sometimes I I work out, you know, great and sometimes I don't and it's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's all a limiting counts.
0: it's a limiting belief that you overcame. Yeah. Yeah, this limiting belief that you had to be sort of all or nothing. Like you're either healthy or you're not or you're you're doing the fitness thing. Or you're not doing the fitness thing. It kind of goes yeah. back to the Weight Watchers, you know, like yeah. you're either eating whatever you want or you're on Weight Watchers.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I yeah, that makes a lot of sense now that it's black and white. And you it's, know? that's I'm, the
0: dieting world. I mean, that's what we're taught yeah. by yeah. everybody all the yeah. time. So you know, it's and it, it is something. It's like and it's hard to believe until you've done it that there's like this middle ground and, the, and it's really hard to know what that feels like if you're brand new to it because it can yeah. feel uh, scary because you're like, oh, I'm not doing it. Like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And and that can make you feel guilty and, and feel shame like you, you said. But once you start to realize that that's sort of in your head, then you can let it go and then you can actually just make progress.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, okay. Yeah. We should probably talk about food. Huh? Yeah, let's
0: say let's talk about the uh, the mindful eating because yeah, that was big that, for you.
1: That was huge. So I joined the gym in December. It wasn't until February that I finally, like I said, mustered up the willpower to do something about my eating, because just going to the gym alone and eating like crap all the time isn't doesn't move the needle on the weight loss an iota. So great. Right. I went to my sister in law and I asked her, you know, what she does because she goes to the gym regularly. She's a total gym person. And I was still of the belief at that time that if you go to the gym regularly and you work out regularly, you're a healthy person. Well, I've been disabused of that notion since then, <laughs> that people who go to the gym regularly can lead really unhealthy lives. So she, her recommendation was, you know, here's what I would do. Only eat egg whites and chicken and um, cottage cheese, and all the vegetables for 10 days and all, drink all weight protein,
0: loss shakes. protein, no fat, no carbs.
1: No fat, no carbs. A weight loss shake is okay, though. Um, <laughs> and, you know, try that for 10 days and see, you know, if you can get some of the, you know, start to get the weight off, start the process happening. You
0: know, it's funny. I laugh because, like, I remember that so well. Like, I lived on that diet for, God, ever <laughs> for 15 yeah. years. and yeah. um. I'm laughing now because it's. I just know how ridiculous it is, and I know. I just, I just, I've been. I'm over it, but right. you're right. Like a lot of people, probably the majority of people, still believe that that is the best thing to do if you want to sort of get healthy and lose weight.
1: Well, and I knew at that point that I was on a journey, so I was just going to try different things, and I was going to find out what worked for me. So I was willing to try anything at that point but I had this view that real food is what matters and weight loss shakes are not real food. So right away I was like, I, I think I bought a case. And then I was like, uh, I'm not drinking this. This has canola oil in it, you know, <laughs> like good for you. Gross. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not doing that. So, um, but you know, cottage cheese and egg whites and okay, I can get on board with that. And, um, so I started starving myself basically. And, um, I, I don't think that lasted very long, but I did shift like the way that I started to eat. I started to eat more vegetables, like I would mm. cook up some sweet potatoes and some spinach. And, you know, so I started to make some changes in what I ate. Um, and I started to lose weight, which was great. And I wasn't on any particular diet. So I wasn't going to Weight Watchers. I wasn't writing down my calories. I wasn't writing down my food. But, um, I also started to see a trainer at the gym, and she she was sort of of the you know, eat you know this many grams of protein, this many grams of fat, this many grams of carbs, mm-hmm. and you know, and I try that, but I would try to like lower my fat intake, and I would be hungry, yeah, and i wouldn't I wouldn't be satisfied with what I ate. I would eat something and feel unsatisfied, like well, that sucked because it didn't have any fat in it, you know, like I didn't enjoy that at all,
0: and how hard was it for you to or like were you actually able to stick to this or would you like find yourself on weekends being like and time for nachos
1: no not really I mean I I've never been I've never really struggled with emotional eating which is lucky because Mm -hmm. I'm not a and I don't binge eat I've never been a big binge eater either luckily yeah Yeah, um yeah so no I was really just you know, kind of how you described, you've described many times, just sort of like taking a scientific approach to it. Like, let's see what works and what doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. And just by trying to watch what I was eating and changing what I ate, I lost, uh, from February, March, April, May, June, by, over five months, I lost about 25 pounds. Okay. And then I stopped losing weight and I just kind of plateaued. Were
0: well, you still doing the, the egg whites and stuff?
1: You know, I, I, you know, I was trying to read things along the way and I, I, I just, no, I mean, I stuck to that for like a few days and okay. then I add, started adding things and trying, you know, I can have this, I can't have that. You know, I was still doing some kind of restrictive stuff, mm-hmm. but, um but i wasn't I wasn't on anything very structured. Okay. I was just trying to be healthy. That okay. was my goal. be healthy. And so I was trying to figure out what that meant, first of all, because I realized right away I don't even know what it means to be healthy. Uh-huh. Um, what does healthy look like? What does healthy entail? Um, and what do healthy people eat? Um, because, like I said, you know, the people that I turned to originally, people who go to the gym regularly, uh, there was two people um, that I talked to they're both really buff, work out regularly. Their diets are crap. Hmm. And so I realized right away, like, okay, well, I can't get any information there. So where do I go to find information? So I was constantly searching, Mm -hmm. you know, like just reading and studying and, you know, trying to find out what, what's a good way. So I was just trying different things. And it's, a, it's funny. I,
0: I actually, I went through this exact same process. So yeah. when I was like, okay, I'm done with diets. Uh-huh. I want to focus on health. Uh-huh. That was a big step for me. But when I got there, I was like, okay, who do I listen to? Uh-huh. And, and like, there were, there were two different camps of people I found. One was, like you said, the like the fitness buffs who were in the gym, like, measuring protein grams, like, drinking shakes, uh, you know, basically eating 100% processed food that was, like, very scientific. Right. You know, and supposedly healthy, but still right. very processed food. Yeah. Um, and then there was, like, the sort of older generation of, like, scientists, doctors, and, like, hippies <laughs> who ate, yeah. like, granola and... Uh, like vegetables. It was it was more of the whole foods group, but I didn't relate to them at all because I was twenty. Or <laughs> like yeah. you know, like twenty-five. And I was like, yeah. I'm you know, I I wasn't ready to fully embrace the like sixty-five year old man professor that was telling me how I should eat to be healthy and like and so I was stuck in the middle. And um, what I ended up doing was just being like, oh, wait, I, I'm trained in science too. I'm just going to go find out myself. But um, yeah. that's actually one of the reasons I started Tomato Summer Tomato is because I was like, what, what about the people who don't identify with either of these groups or who don't want to go in either of these directions and want to be more – you know, real life, like in this day and age, like I just, I just, there was, that didn't exist in 2008, you know, so.
1: Well, other than your blog, it doesn't exist out there, period, because (laughs) I spent months and months reading, studying, looking at everything. And until I came across Summer Tomato, which must have been like October, I must have been around October, maybe early November. So I'd been studying and looking for the answer most of the year. And and I kind of knew where I wanted to go because I believed in real food. I can cook. Um, I wanted to be healthy. Um, I was. I had joined my fitness pal on, and they have a lot of blogs, and I was reading a lot of their blogs, and that kind of got me into the reading healthy blogs thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which somehow led me to Summer Tomato eventually. But um, but a lot of the the stuff, the blogs out there, are nutritionism, you know it's the this many grams of carbs and this many grams of protein and this many grams of fat and eat this but don't eat that and nutrition you know, it's not this uh, I, yeah, yeah 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 a lot of that out there a lot of that out there and and I I wasn't sure it was wrong you know because I didn't know whether it was right or wrong yet I hadn't determined that yet um, so I was just trying different things. But I started to plateau in the summer. I really wasn't making any progress. I wasn't gaining weight again, which was good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like I would because I hadn't been on this restrictive, you have to do these things in order to be this weight kind of thing. So, again, I was just kind of casually watching what was happening sort of from a more outside perspective. And But as the plateau continued, I was like, hmm, I really don't want to stay at this weight forever. Not sure what's going to change it, but obviously I'm, there's something that I'm doing that isn't is continuing to perpetuate this weight.
0: Mm-hmm. So you had lost 25 pounds, but you wanted to lose closer to 40 pounds, is that right?
1: You know, I didn't have. Oh, you weren't uh, sure. That's right. Uh, I wasn't sure. I didn't have an ideal weight, so at that point I was like 165. Now my BMI tells me that, which I know isn't accurate, but BMI normal for my height, the top end is 150, so I was still 15 pounds away from being normal in the BMI range. I see. And I was also going to the gym. I have a trainer at the gym and once a month we do measurements and she would do a body fat calculation and my body fat percentage was higher than I wanted it to be too. So I was using that also as a measure, you know, and, and really probably at this moment, I would say I would like my body fat percentage to be higher, to be lower, sorry, um, than it is right now, but I don't care about my weight. Whatever my, the scale says, I use the scale just to sort of judge my, um, you know, like you've talked about, it's a snapshot. It's a data point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a data point, but it's not the end all be all. It's not the right. the whole thing. And you know and either, yourself pretty well. And neither is body fat percentage either. It's just right. a data point, but right. you know, in, in sort of trying to figure out where do I want to be, you know, where do I want to go still? So, I knew that I wasn't where I wanted to be at 165 and at whatever my body fat percentage, but I was changing. My measurements were changing, even though my weight wasn't really changing. My measurements were changing. My okay. body fat percentage was going down. Uh, but I knew something wasn't quite there because my weight wasn't moving, and it didn't move for five months.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So that's a long time for a plateau, and normally I would have gotten frustrated and start, you know, gone back to all the things that I had done before, like eat two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for lunch, you know? Hmm. And, um, but I didn't, I just kind of stayed with it. You know, like I'm on a journey to become healthy. That'll happen. Eventually I just have to figure out what it was. And it was, I think, a good, so I started reading your blog around the beginning of November, I think. And right away when I signed up for the list, you sent that starter package, which mm-hmm. is like a few articles and the, the chapter from foodist, which mm-hmm. was the myth of willpower. And I, I ate that stuff up, like just read through the whole thing. And like, I got, Oh my gosh, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. You know, this is what I want to know.
0: I can't tell you how happy that makes me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, this is what I've, this is what I thought, but nobody else was saying, you know, Mm. this was my intuition, but nobody else was saying it out there. And so I was like, so right away I went to my Kindle and bought foodist and read it cover to cover in like two days. So, like, okay, 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 got this. And then the thing that I, that really struck me is then I start, you know, there's a chapter on mindful eating. And so I started to pay attention to how I ate. And I ate my food like somebody was going to take my plate away from me any second. Mm-hmm. I wolfed it down as fast as I could get it in there because... I think a couple things. I think I was hungry because I I had been sort of restricting my diet, so I was extra hungry. Yep. I still wasn't really listening to my what my body was telling me about things. You yeah. know, I wasn't. I still didn't have a very good connection with my body. Um, and and I like my food hot. Yeah. And so I. And also, you're if,
0: American, and that's how Americans eat. Right. Like, go to a well, restaurant. It's like. <sighs> It's mind blowing, <laughs> like watching people just shovel food in their mouths at breakneck speed.
1: Well, you know, luckily, again, my best friend Anna—I have to give her a shout out because she said this was her idea and not your idea, but um, <laughs> that she's the one that told me this and not you. But um, when I told her we were doing this podcast, um, so she—good for you, Anna! My-
0: Tell everyone. Yeah,
1: Tell everyone. yeah. She is a she's a very slow eater. And now she, her mother is European and not American. And so she was raised in a sort of a different, you know, environment. And so she's, she just eats really slowly. And I just thought there might be something wrong with her, you know? (laughs) uh, (laughs) That's amazing. uh, She lives in California and I live up in Portland, Oregon. So I traveled down to California. We went to Sonoma in October and we went to her in-laws house for dinner. Her in-laws are also older people, but very healthy, and and uh, you know, and of course, I'm looking for healthy examples at this point too. So we sit down to have dinner, and it's a nice dinner. It's a salad, and I think a pork tenderloin and um, mm,
0: Sonoma food. Yum. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was just it was just kind of a nice, well balanced, healthy meal. And we sit down, the four of us, and I tuck in, and I wolf the food down. And I look up from my plate. My plate is now empty. And everybody else is maybe a quarter of the way through their food. And I'm like, oh, hmm."
0: You're like, maybe something's wrong with me.
1: (laughs) Maybe the problem is with the fact that I just wolfed down my food. So I was kind of open to the idea of mindful eating. Mm -hmm. I really didn't know how it would look or what it would feel like or anything like that. But I had read your book. And I thought, well, shoot, I'm going to try this mindful eating thing. I'm just going to try it for one meal cool so I sat down to lunch and I made myself what I would normally make myself and I think it was like an omelette with spinach and feta cheese it was it was a nice meal you know good meal um, but I put my fork down in between bites and and uh, I looked at the trees and I didn't read while I ate which is a pretty common thing that I do and um, it was quiet and and I listened to my body while I ate and about mm, halfway through or something I was like Hmm, I'm actually full now. And I had half my food left on my plate that I would have that I would have normally consumed. Right. Wolfed it down because that's what you do. You clean your plate and, you know, you hurry through it. And, um, and I was like, huh, that's, that's interesting that that happened, that that was the result. So I thought, well, I'll try it again tomorrow, see what happens. And again, this is like mid November. And so I tried it again the next day and same result. And I was like, whoa, this is what's keeping me heavy. Eating my food too fast, not paying attention to my body when I eat, not not gauging, I'm over consuming at every meal. Yeah, you're eating twice as much as you actually need. Or two thirds as much. Wow. You know, because now I found that if I go to a restaurant right away, as soon as I started trying, you know, putting my fork down in between bites and paying attention to what I ate and not just getting through it to get to the next thing. Like I go to a restaurant, I eat about a third. I'll usually take home two thirds of my food and eat it over the course of another two meals. Wow. Yeah, so it it was like a paradigm change, shift, earthquake. (laughs) And that was right about your birthday, I think. I don't know exactly what day your birthday is, but I remember you sending out an email saying, yeah, saying, tell me a success story for my birthday. And I emailed you and I was like, I cannot believe this. This is a huge key to what, what is going on with me and what, why I've been plateaued and what ha- I have to change. And I started dropping weight again on the scale immediately. And that was so through Thanksgiving and Christmas, I was shedding pounds like crazy. Wow. Because I was paying attention to what I ate. And was this hard for you? No. It was the opposite of hard. Huh. Because it was like I didn't feel deprived. I ate until I was full. It just happened to be that – and I never knew it, but my body actually wants to eat like a skinny girl. I was like, wow, you actually are a skinny girl, you know?
0: Wow. But it wasn't hard for you to remember? So just um, for me – Learning to eat mindfully was actually incredibly difficult. Like I, I knew I'd read the science. I had tried it. I knew that I would enjoy my food more and I would eat less if I, if I did it. But I, in, with stress and with my schedule, and it was really hard for me to just sit down and remember to like slow down. And I eventually developed a habit, but it took me six months. So it sounds like you had a really you, like, your epiphany must have been so big that it, yeah. it, 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 like, was very present in every meal that you could remember it. Is that what you think happened? Or?
1: Yeah. Well, I had to change – obviously, I had to change some habits. One of the things that helped, though, too, was your tip that, that- – took you to the point of mindful eating and I didn't have to, to get to that point that you did was remembering if I have food in my mouth already, I shouldn't be holding my fork or something to (laughs) that effect. Yeah. So that actually helped a lot right from the get go. Oh, so you didn't have to go through those six months of trial and error. Yeah. I didn't have to figure that out on my own because you had already done that. And so I used your own tip to, to, to sort of speed the process up. But No, because I suddenly started to pay attention to what my body really wanted. I started Mm -hmm. to ask my body, hey, body, what do you want? And my body wanted vegetables. That was a big shock.
0: Yeah.
1: When when I asked my body, what do you want to eat? The answer was always vegetables. And I still hadn't really developed a good vegetable habit. I was eating better, but I wasn't eating good well. I still wasn't eating really well. And, um... So, yeah, that was a big surprise. Uh, my I was My mind like, wow. just exploded. Did it?
0: <laughs> like, your oh, mindful eating didn't just tell you you needed to eat slower and that you didn't need as much food as you were shoveling in your mouth so quickly. But the girl that grew up on chips and guac and hot fudge sundays and Diet Coke was like, I want
1: vegetables. Yeah. The other Whoa. thing that helped me a lot that you gave me was the recipe for cauliflower that tastes better f- than French fries. <laughs> yeah. Because I saw that as, like, I I know how to cook. And so for me, a recipe, you know, any kind of recipe, and that is not a hard recipe, was not daunting. I just never really thought about it before. But it was kind of like the gauntlet thrown down, you know. This is cauliflower that tastes better than french fries. Okay, well, let's see. And it is amazing. I cook, I have cooked it every week since. I cook two heads of cauliflower a week, and I reheat it. You know, and it reheats really well. is nope. so
0: good? It's so it's good. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, guys, anybody listening, your kids will eat it. Kids love yeah, it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> my kids eat it. Um, and by the way, I'll,
0: I'll include a link to the recipe in the uh, show notes on Summer Tomato.
1: That would be good because it uh, people ask me about it all the time because I feed it to everyone too. And everybody's like, well, how do you make this? And then they make it and they're like, mine's not as good as yours. And I'm like, how can it that longer. be? Cook longer.
0: Cook it longer.
1: I I don't know. That's what that
0: always the problem is that they didn't cook it. Oh really?
1: Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Or they didn't put
0: enough oil slash salt.
1: Somebody was telling me they didn't use extra virgin olive oil, and I thought maybe that was it. I don't know. Could be. Could be. But I, you know, I'm top top shelf ingredients, man. You know, it's got to (laughs) be the best. So. um, So start cooking
0: the cauliflower.
1: Oh, lots of cauliflower. I still, every week, cauliflower, (laughs) cauliflower, cauliflower. I love cauliflower. And I started to realize that some vegetables I just don't like and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really like broccoli, you know? And through mindful eating, I really felt like I tried every food anew, you know? Like I actually paid attention to what I ate and decided, do I actually like this or do I not like it? And it's okay if I don't like it, you know? Mm -hmm. But no, it wasn't, it wasn't hard. In fact, it was the opposite of hard because I felt, I never felt deprived. I was so excited to, to have found something that made such a big difference Wow. and wasn't restrictive. In fact, the opposite of restrictive. And it kind of started to with, cause one of the things I was doing was sort of doling out like treats to myself and I was still living on that restricted way. And, um, one of the things I did was I decided, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. If I want to eat something like a dessert, I'm going to sit down and eat the hell out of that dessert. You know, I'm going to sit down and enjoy it and really own it, you know, instead of this furtive, you know, eat a cookie in the kitchen, standing up, like hoping nobody is noticing, or (laughs) like, if I don't, if I don't pay attention to eating it, then I didn't really eat it, you know, kind of thing. Like I'm going to really own what I eat instead of love it you know, be ashamed or something. It's funny. When you say that out
0: loud, it sounds so crazy. Like anybody besides your body matters. (laughs) Right. right? Like your body doesn't know you ate that cookie. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Your body knows. Your body knows. Everything counts. That was the other thing too. When I, I, I started mindful eating and so I ate a lot less, but still felt very satisfied. And my body was so grateful. Like, Hmm. Thank you for not giving us all this food that we have to process that we don't even want, you know, and my energy level went up, and I worked out better wow and I mean and this it is was
0: crazy, so you said you went to your friend's house in like October, you emailed me on my birthday, which was literally less than three weeks later, November eighteenth um, and and so, what happened after that like this all like you, you this is all, all that happened. you just kept going.
1: Yeah. And I, again, it's, it's been a journey. So I just continue to watch what's happening. You know, I'm, I, so for Thanksgiving dinner, which was a couple of weeks after I figured out about mindful eating, I, you know, I had planned a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. And so that was what I went with was like stuffing and mashed potatoes and turkey and cranberry sauce. And just the works, sweet potato casserole, the whole thing. And I never was one to believe like you should, you know, um, cook lighter, you know, I, I don't know. I just thought if it's a big meal, you should just go for it. And I was in so much pain that night. So Mm. after only a couple of weeks of eating mindfully, then eating this heavy food and overeating made me like I was in a food coma at 8 PM. I was laying here in pain and mostly asleep but not asleep because I was in too much pain. And I said, for Christmas, we can't do that. We're not doing that for Christmas dinner. And it's not because
0: you want to be, quote, be healthy, but like, because it sucks.
1: Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) And as soon as you start mindfully eating and you give your body, feed your body the way that it wants to be fed rather than the way your brain wants to be fed, because I think your brain and your body, my brain still wants sugar quite a lot. And my body doesn't want sugar, but my brain does. And so my struggle is, you know, still one of the things that I want to work on. And, you know, maybe we could have a coaching podcast and you can tell me how to quit (laughs) eating sugar because I can't get past it with willpower because I I can't muster up enough willpower for long enough to make the cravings go away. Mm -hmm. But – and it's not horrible. It's not like I'm eating a box of Girl Scout cookies or anything. But I'd like to not have sugar control my life.
0: But – and you came to a critical realization, which is that your brain and your body aren't the same. No. Their goals aren't the same. Like your brain can really lie to you
1: yeah and and it and, does
0: and it does and it's you know, very convincing because it you yeah know, it knows you quite well
1: <laughs> right Well and you know and like even now when I get stressed, I want sugar to make me feel better mm-hmm. and that's my brain that's not my body. My body doesn't want sugar to make me feel better. My body wants me to go to the gym to make my stress go away. Wow. so yeah, I, I don't know I mean I just so for Christmas dinner, I made a lot of different vegetables, side dishes and I think we had beef tenderloin and vegetables and it was great. And, um, so since I found mindful eating, I've lost another 18 pounds Whoa! since November and then now it's April. So, wow. I and I just lost them like fast too, because I suddenly had cut my food consumption in half. Crazy. You know, so. Uh,
0: this is so, I, I love this story. I love this story. Cause you, you started the right way. Like you started with, you know, focusing on real food, focusing with the open-mindedness of starting a journey, you know, just trying to be more active. And then Mm -hmm. you hit this plateau. And, and, and I always tell people this, like whenever anybody's like, I eat healthy, I eat healthy, I swear, I swear, I can't lose weight. There's something wrong. And, and I'm like, chew. Yeah. Just chew. Just try chewing your food because yeah, 80% of the time it's something like this. and, and, you nailed it. Like people like really dismiss how important this stuff is. Um, or they won't try it for real. It just seems to, I mean, maybe it seems too woo woo, like too
1: fluffy. Yeah. Or
0: too, I don't know. It but- totally
1: does sound woo woo. <laughs> right. I know it does because I have a son who's 25 and he's, he's an active guy, but I've watched him eat and like, he's a big guy, six foot five and he can eat, you know, half a burrito in one bite and he does, or he, or he did. Let me, let me change that because, and he called me one night and he was like, you know, I want to, you know, lose some of the fat off my belly and, and, you know, maybe I should count my calories and maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And I was like, no, this is what you need to do. Stop reading while you're eating, pay attention to what you eat, pay attention to your body. So I told him this whole thing and he's like, Oh, that sounds very Zen. And (laughs) you know, very, uh, uh, he, he named a friend of ours who is very into, you know, meditation and stuff like that. That right. sounds like something that person would do. Right. And I go, I know, I know it sounds like that, but just, just try it and see if it makes a difference. And so he said he mindfully eats about half the time. Yeah. It is, like I said, <laughs> so. for
0: a lot of people, it's hard. So you lost 25 pounds and then you lost 18
1: pounds. Yeah, so I'm down more than 40 pounds, whatever that equals to. So wow. So I went from 190 to one, and now I'm about 147. Wow. And size eight again. And you're size eight, and you don't I'm feel a like size you're eight. done. No, no. Well, no, I don't know. Maybe maybe size eight is the is the terminal size, but mm-hmm. you know, um, but I what I don't feel like is I wouldn't now tell you, oh, I'm a size eight, but I'm really a size 12. Mm-hmm. Because now I know that I really am a size Mm 8. I really am a size 8 right now. Mm -hmm. And I might be a size 6 later. But I might be a size 8 later. But that's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I might stay 147 or I might go down further. I don't know. I don't know where the journey will take me. Yeah. But that's okay. I'm good with that. You know? Because I'm happy. I feel healthy. I don't worry about diabetes anymore. I go to the gym regularly. You know, I, I'm a normal weight person now. My BMI is in the normal range. Yeah. I
0: mean, you almost guaranteed that you're not going to get type two diabetes at this point.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. But I was, I was, especially when now, I mean, I was scared at the time. And now when I look back on that, I'm like, oh, I was headed there in a hurry, Mm -hmm. you know? And, Mm -hmm. and I, and I wasn't even as scared, I think, as I should have been looking back on it, but you know, I don't have the best knees and it was hard for me to get around, um, I was dragging ass all the time. I was really tired. I didn't have any energy and I felt horrible all the time. And, and my husband is six years older than me, but he's healthy weight, active, you know, eats healthy, works out. And he was like, I want to live the rest of my life with you. And I want that to be a long time. Right. You know, and he wasn't seeing that future, you know?
0: So he must be thrilled.
1: Oh yeah. Thrilled he's really excited and I really am grateful to him I mean we get together once a week on Sunday and we cook up a bunch of food for the week and so I'm able to take healthy food with me to work um and I'm known now with my coworkers, like oh where are the co- where's the cauliflower where's the beets where's the Brussels sprouts where's the shard you know and I and I I cook a combination of brown rice and quinoa because I don't like brown rice by itself so mm-hmm. I just do 50 50. And, you know, I usually eat that. It's funny because some days I laugh and I'm like, people must think I'm a vegan, you know, and I'm totally not. But I'm that's just,
0: funny. People think I'm vegetarian all the time. And I'm like, no, yeah. I just also eat vegetables.
1: Yeah, I know most I,
0: people don't, but I like vegetables.
1: Well, and if I'm going to put a plate together, like I'm going to do 50% or three quarters vegetables, mm-hmm. you know, I'll have, like three vegetables and like a little bit of like spaghetti with meat sauce or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to exclude that stuff. And I really do now feel like I eat whatever I want. Right. It just happens to be that what I want is not what I used to want. Ah, oh, it's a holy grail. Uh, yes, it is. It really is. And I wanted to be that person that went to the gym regularly and ate whatever they wanted. I just didn't know that this is how you got there until yes. I got here.
0: Right. You thought you had to be born that way or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I've, that person was in me all the time. And I think that person is in everyone. They just have to figure out a way to access it. It actually
0: makes total sense that it's in everyone because of yeah. course your body wants to feel strong yeah. and nourished. Like, of course. Yeah. Like that's what your yes. body wants. It's your brain that's lying to you.
1: Well, I think you you can ignore the, the signals that your body's sending you and you ignore them long enough and then you start to get sick. Mm-hmm. And then you think you need medication to fix those problems because you're still not listening to your body. And medication will help you and somewhat but it doesn't fix the problem and your body is still screaming for help you know it's i think you've said before that people are like starving to death because Mm. they're not getting enough nutrients you know the food that they're eating is not nourishing them and and i really believe that now especially now that i've switched to a pretty vegetable heavy diet and i don't eat i mean i'll occasionally as a treat have like a mcdonald's cheeseburger or um you know, a dessert someplace. But I know that that's not the food that's actually feeding me. Yeah. That's just a treat. You know, right. that's just and a, it's a choice uh, you make. Right. Absolutely. And it's not, it, it's not my diet, my, right. my, and I don't mean that diet, like the four letter word diet. I mean, I'm talking about the food that I eat is primarily, you know, good food that I cooked and I know what's in it. And, you know, it's, it's- yeah. This is so, so. amazing.
0: You you started eating real food. You've learned to love exercise. None of it feels like a sacrifice. No. Mindful eating took you from you know, 30 to 60 or whatever like you 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 were halfway there and then you sort of got all the way there and you're still have this you know, well you well you said you still you you're still working on your relationship with sugar. So that's something you you, where yeah. you know you still have room for improvement, but you're oh, yeah. happy, you're in the right place. And when you want to have a little treat or if you want to throw caution to the wind and have some fast food or whatever, it's like totally fine.
1: Yeah. And I mindfully eat that fast food too, by the way, I sit down and I enjoy every bite and you know, I, you know what though, they do do something to that food because it does, your brain just try to override the mindful food signals, you know, like you could have another cheeseburger. Yeah. And you really want one, Right. you know, you have one, you really want one, another one, but you know, yeah, David, David like-
0: Kessler in his book, um, what's it called? I don't. Know. He wrote, anyway. He has a book, and it was about um, oh, the end of overeating. And he talks about how sugar, salt, and fat is like this yeah. combination that hijacks your dopamine reward system. Yeah, and it's not nourishing. It's 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 literally you're almost like reacting to like a drug.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, there's definitely. They, and you're right. They absolutely do that on purpose. They absolutely.
1: Yeah. Do. Well, they have to because they're trying to make a profit. They're trying to make money. They're not trying to feed people. They're trying to make money. Right. So, you know, and that's fine if I want to eat a cheeseburger once in a while. And I'll probably get to the point where I don't – I'll eat one and I'll be like, oh, that was gross. Right. I had a donut the other day. Um, I took one bite and I hadn't had a donut since like last summer. And I love donuts or I did love donuts. I took one bite and I was like, wow, that was disgusting. <laughs> and it was a good donut too, not a bad donut. Were you a blue star? I was because you live Blue in Portland. Star Those are the donuts. best donuts
0: in the universe.
1: The best donuts in the universe. Two seventy five for a glazed donut, and I took one bite and was like, "Ugh, that was awful." And I had waited to have this reward, right? Like I'm gonna have this reward. And then I thought, <laughs> well, maybe maybe I was confused when I had the first bite, and I it really is a good donut, and I really do like donuts, so I'm gonna have a second bite. So I had the second bite, and it was equally horrible. Wow! So I took the donut home and I gave it to my mother. Who, you know, I wrote still, this- <laughs> who's who still lives on Coke and Oreos. I
0: um I wrote this blog post once called uh, "How to Eat Half a Donut," and people yeah. were like, "You're um, insane!" And I was like, "No, really." And it was about Blue Star donuts. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I, I like I I actually enjoyed it, but I, I couldn't eat more than half there. Very Ugh. very sweet, like very sweet. Was-
1: yeah, and you know that is one I I should. I should quantify the sugar thing. I, I am, I eat much less sugar than I used to, and I don't want things to be as sweet. And that was what was really disgusting to me about the donut was that I've lessened my sugar intake enough to the point where things can be too sweet now mm-hmm. for me. And so, and that was definitely way in the too sweet category. And that's why it was so awful. Um, so, but well, this is absolutely yeah, so that was That was my last donut.
0: Wow. Um, well, I I think you have an incredible story, and you you know I I really I'd like to hear how this goes. You know I I hear a lot of things that are ringing bells to me, and and my just from my own journey. And my guess is, um, for the next year to two years, you'll continue to evolve your health style to a really really cool place. I mean, you're in a cool place now, but I think yeah. you'll really hit a jam, and, and I'm, I'm really happy for you. Congratulations. Thank
1: you. I'm really happy for me, too, and my body is happy for itself. It's Aww. very grateful.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> I,
1: I have a grateful body these days. So, Thanks for listening to The
0: Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose, and if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks
1: for listening and I will see you next time.